Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be chatting with Alex. He's a member of our Discord server and also a podcast listener about his journey to owning a diesel truck. And he had recently purchased an LML Duramax to be able to fit his lifestyle, his needs. Um, he needed something with more torque and more capability. So we wanted to ask him what that journey was like. How did he find the truck? Has it been reliable so far? Are there any upgrades he's done or things that he's looking to do in the future? We know there's a, a lot of listeners out there. You guys are looking for trucks and you may not be able to find the specific model or the trim or the year range that you want. And so you have to go on this, this buying process, trying to find things. And we know there's a lot of Duramax fans out there and there's a lot of LML trucks, especially a lot of clean ones, um, you know, that are out there on the market. So we wanted to ask him what it's been like owning one and any tips or, or things that uh, he would want you guys to know before you, you know, purchase a truck or while you're looking for one. Before we get to it though, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, which is Kershaw Knives. We recently did an episode with Dominic from Kershaw. And he was uh, telling us about uh, a lot of cool new knives, cool new products that they have. And it's one of the things I've always appreciated about Kershaw is no matter whether we're looking for a product for everyday carry, to use at the shop, fishing, hunting, the outdoors, they've got something for us. And for our listeners, they've done a special discount code, which is diesel20. So if you go to kershaw.kiausa.com, enter that diesel code, you get 20% off anything that's on their site. So it's a great way to save some money and get some gear. I mean, we know hunting season's right around the corner. There's still a lot of fishing to be done and you know, everyday carry items that, that we may need. So you can head on over there and save 20%. All right, let's get to today's episode with Alex and talking about his process of buying and owning an LML Duramax. Alex, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to be able to chat about Duramax trucks uh, with you today. And, and I uh, appreciate you answering the, the post I had on our Discord, which I encourage for, you know, it, any of our listeners out there, if they're not on Discord, jump on there. You guys definitely keep me on my toes and share a lot of great information. And I wanted to talk about, you know, just buying a Duramax, owning a Duramax. And I know we're going to have a great conversation today. All right. Yeah. It's been, the, yeah, the Discord's a lot of fun. Really learn a lot. I mean, I even pay attention to some of the other brands. I'm, this is my sixth GM truck, but there's always something something to learn in the other forums. So, trucks is all true there's a uh, over the last couple of years well really for i think quite a while there's been uh, um, a lot of newer people that are looking at diesel whether you know, they get a bigger trailer or they just they need the power they need the torque and i wanted to be able to chat with someone like yourself that you know you've been around trucks you know for a while but what it was like or what reasons there were that, that you wanted to get a Duramax and then how that process went as far as finding one, you know, deciding what your range you wanted, um, you know, what, uh, what sort of things you were really looking for with one. So if you could take us through the process of, you know, when you first decided, Hey, I, I need to get a Duramax. I need to get a diesel truck. What am I going to look for? How do I find one? What are some things that, that I should look out for? All right. So I, I'm an overambitious homeowner. So I have a, a never-ending remodel, and I end up towing uh, a dump trailer pretty frequently. And if I go, I live in a major metropolitan area, so if I go one way, 
I've got city traffic. If I go the other way, I've got hills. And previously I had a three quarter ton truck and it only had a four speed transmission and a six O. Uh, it was from, it was a 2001, so it was, but it was really well set up for towing for what it was. And it was actually pretty inadequate for going in traffic or going in the hills. So my little 7,000 pound trailer was taxing a little too hard. So when it started getting a little too long in the tooth and having too many problems, I was spending more time fixing it than I was using it. So I've taken out, great, this light isn't working. Now I gotta fix that. So I was really looking for something that was a little newer and a little more reliable um, and that would do a better job of performance. So started looking into it and um, uh, one of the things that I really did not like about that truck was the four-speed transmission. Uh, so I really looked at the Allison transmissions. They first started going to a, I might be off by one year or so here, but the Allison transmissions around 2006, they went to a six-speed transmission. And with 80 mile an hour speed limits in some places, that six-speed transmission really pays off. Um, and 2007, there's a new body style. Uh, the previous body, actually my old, tow rig was the previous body style, was the, was the GMT 800 body style. Um, and nothing wrong with that body style, but you know, with every body style increase, there's always a, a reliability increase and livability uh, it always gets better with every body style. Um, and so I didn't really want a new body style, but yeah, that's going to help out a lot. So in 2000, the 2000 through 2010 trucks, they all have um, the first design of GMs, or they have one. They had one design of um, independent front suspension, and in 2011 they came out with a new design. And after working on both of those, I only had worked on someone else's 2011 plus truck. And the 2011 plus front ends really are built a lot better and independent front suspension on a GM. So there's a lot of little bushings and connections in there that can really make a lot of difference. Um, and it's pretty labor intensive to do the whole front end. And in 2011 uh, was the first year for the LML. Um, so and that, that was really a big improvement over some of the earlier engines. Um, the L5P is it's sweet. The first new crank got so much power. It's got the first new crank out of any uh, Duramax ever. But I don't earn a living towing, so I just needed something that can handle my towing needs a little better. So the LML was really kind of a sweet spot. Um, I actually looked at um, buying from a salvage auction, but that might have worked out. I really needed to buy a truck then I needed the truck that day. So I browsed around, um, kept having to up my price range a little bit, a little bit. Like, yeah, I don't want somebody's old drag truck. Yeah, I don't want that one that is uh, missing a side panel. Yeah, I don't want that one from the rust belt. So and keep upping my price range. Um, and then I did finally find one that was just a, a bus ticket away, so I didn't have to pay for shipping. And it already had a lift kit and upgraded wheels and tires for it. So since 
I tow a dump trailer a lot with it. Dump trailers generally go places that aren't, uh, that a lift is nice to have and larger off-road tires are nice to have. Um, so that was pretty important for me. And the opportunity to not go through the hassle of installing a lift kit was uh, pretty good. <laughs> Uh, so that was really the right truck for me for a thousand dollars down on it on a Tuesday. By the time I showed up on Saturday, uh, the dealer said that they had four people on a waiting list for it. If I turned them down. So I, I knew I wasn't going to find a, a better deal for it. And so I drove it home that day. And, and you got it relatively, you know, recently when we were you know chatting before the podcast a little bit, and I think that's a similar situation that a lot of people get into where these things go quick. And so you almost have to, you know, kind of mentally prepare, get your budget in line, decide what sort of configuration that you want. So when you see it and if it's close and you don't have to, you know, have it, you know, shipped to you, you just got to act really quick. Yeah, I, I feel it was pretty lucky. It's not um a perfect truck but it's definitely the right i'm happy with it so like it's previously been in an accident um and i found a couple pieces of plastic that were a little questionable on the repairs um but nothing awful with it and it's a three-quarter ton truck and i have a feeling i can get into a few accidents before anything really goes wrong i want you once you got it uh you know, home and, and kind of looked it over. Did you have some things that, that you looked at and that you wanted to either, you know, upgrade or address or, or things that, that you wanted to do to it right away? Um, it's a WT trim level, which means it has a, an interior that you can hose out. So, <laughs> uh, which is nice. Again, I throw a dump trailer a lot with it, which I end up tracking lots of mud to it. So I did get some floor mats and it's a, it's a single cap. So, and evidently the, like the, the plastic dish style floor mats, those are hard to find for a single cab truck of that vintage. So I don't know if it's easier with a newer truck or not, but that was oddly surprising. Like there was one <laughs> brand that I even had to trim those to get it to fit. Um, so it, with a six inch lift, I did have to get a, I didn't have to get, but uh, it did make a lot of sense to get a rear bumper step. That was a, a cheap. I think it was three or four bolts that added on. Uh, the ball mount was a little surprising as my old truck, it had a, I always had a two inch receiver on everything, uh, but this truck had a two and a half inch. And with the six inch lift, I had to get a, a little bit more of a drop to it. Um, so that was, those were more expensive than I expected. Um, and since it is a 2013, um, a 2013 and a low trim model that did not have a interesting stereo. So I don't even know where my CD collection is. <laughs> I needed something that could play digital music. So it, that was one of the first things. And I still have to replace, I did replace the head unit. I haven't replaced the speakers yet. One of the speakers has started popping since then. So I was glad that I, I've got those speakers on the shelf. So they'll go on someday. Now, when looking at it, uh, like mechanically in the, in the time that you've had it, <clears throat> have you had to do any sort of major repairs or were there, um, you know, say a, a set of things that you thought, you know, maintenance, I definitely want to address this or, um, you know, I want to, um, you know, make sure I'm running this kind of 
fuel additive or, you know, just other parts towards it to, to keep it reliable, to make it last? Um, I, I did change all the fluids, but I do wish that I had got it inspected first. I took it to a lethal, uh, local diesel shop. Um, they actually specialize in power strokes. Uh, there, there isn't a Duramax shop that was in local uh, or daily driving with it. So I took it to a power stroke shop. Um, I know they've worked on multiple Duramaxes before. And uh, they actually found like, hey, this gasket isn't quite right. You should replace it. Hey, if you do a transmission service, you should probably replace that thing too. So I wish I had done that first. Um, I wish I'd done that before I had it, before I bought it, but there's no way in the time frame that I could, could do that. So uh, I actually changed all the fluid first. And while I was doing, which I would say every owner should do that with any vehicle, is actually while I was doing that, I found a, it must have been about a, a two gauge welding lead running straight from the battery along the frame all the way to the back and it was completely unfused so if that had worn through that would have been the truck burning down um so that was like hey i'm i'm gonna stop changing this rear differential fluid until i figure out where this wire goes <laughs> um and the oil changes in uh, a diesel are a little more expensive than i expected every other engine i'd ever owned has always been the same five or six quarts so this was 10. So that was a little surprising. So I grew up with uh, some eight liter inline six tractor engines, which you know, they take like five or 10 gallons, but two and a half gallons in a road vehicle is surprising for me. Yeah, that's one of the, one of the big things is going from gas to diesel is just the cost of of, of the fluids and then the capacities with different things where it can be a little bit of a little bit of a shock if um you know if you're not used to it i know it was for me when i you know first crossed over i was like these oil changes cost a lot more and there's a lot of transmission fluid more than i'm used to and and you know the, the batteries and and you know things like that it all costs a little bit more another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, uh, that was one thing that I did uh, that was... I don't remember who what who it was on YouTube that recommended checking the batteries. They're not the best brand, but they're only two years old. So that was uh, check the batteries and check the um, radiator hoses, make sure they're not pressurized. Have um, have there been any major repairs or anything that you've had to do since you've owned it? Um, I recently had the uh, lovely opportunity to uh, replace the radiator um just drove out running some errands not towing anything i think it was picking up some 10 foot i was picking up 10 foot long uh, electrical conduit so of course you know you need to take the diesel traffic back um 
and pulled up into the uh, Lowe's parking lot and there's coolant pouring out of the bottom. Run into Lowe's and grab a five gallon bucket, slide it underneath there and there is uh, coolant pouring into the bucket. Go back into Lowe's, coolant is $13 a gallon, drinking water is $13 for five gallons. Buy a five gallon of drinking water, start pouring it in, that just pours out the bottom too. So at that point, I know I'm needing, needing a tow home. Um, and get a tow home, pulled into my shop, and a fan blade actually broke off and went into the radiator. So I got the full experience of replacing a radiator. And, and well, the hardest part about replacing the clutch fan is, and I have to replace the fan as well. So um, I'm digging through there and dealing with all those hoses and that was that was an experience. Then just shipping a Duramax radiator started at $130. So I think it was only certain carriers would do it and even then I think only like DHL would uh, carry the radiator. And so I Shopped around a little bit more, actually found a local GM dealer that had reasonable pricing, did not charge shipping on anything that I picked up in store. So I've been making regular trips back there. <laughs> now, over overall, how would you, you know, how would you rate the truck? Would you say that that you're happy with it? Are you glad that you went with the LML platform, or would you? I know time was an issue, so it's probably tough to maybe wait out like an LBZ or, you know, an LLY or, you know, something like that. So, but, you know, for someone out there who's listening and, and they, they don't want an L5P or, or they're just so tough to find right now too. And they're looking at previous Duramax generations. How would you rate your ownership experience so far? Um, probably the other trucks that I have, have to compare it to are a, um, Power Stroke with a 7.3 or a half ton Sierra Denali with a 6.2 LS engine, L92. Um, I like this truck more than I like uh, both of those. Uh, this will definitely outpull both of those. Um, and for what I'm using it for, and even just for getting around without a trailer unloaded. It drives better. Well, it drives better than a 2001 Ford. So, um, and, and that's not my brand loyalty speaking. But that Ford is not the greatest. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with it. It it's reasonably nimble. It's it's more nimble than it should be, uh, really for its size. Um, that was definitely part of wanting that upgraded um, front suspension and steering. Um, and I, I also have a GMT Canyon and it's reasonable for getting around a parking lot too, uh, even with uh, larger tires on. So. With the, uh, you know, with the LMLs, a popular topic that we've talked about before on, on the podcast is the CP4. Do you plan on doing a CP3 swap down the road? Um, I do not plan on doing a CP4 swap or CP4 to CP3 swap. I do plan on, I, there are some CP4 savers, 
um, that I can put in line before the injectors. So if the CP4 does grenade, it will at least save the rest of my fuel system. Um, I, I kind of look at the, the failures like they're, they're pretty rare. They're more common than they should be, but they're pretty rare. When they do happen, they are catastrophic. So if I can at least mitigate the catastrophic failure part of that, I think I should be happy. I think that's one of the biggest things with, with, uh, you know, a diesel truck is, you know, they, they're built incredibly stout and they, they make great torque, great power. They can you know, last for a really long time, but if there is a failure, the price of repairing them and fixing them definitely starts to get up there depending what it is in, in a fuel system, you know, like on a Duramax or even a six, seven power stroke, something, well, even a Cummins as well. But I, I think on those two at the CP4s, it's, it's something we've heard more about. You know, you're looking at an injection pump injectors and it's, you know, the bill on that gets really high. So I think those, those, uh, those saver kits you mentioned definitely, I think they're definitely worth it, especially for the price that they are and, and what they can do to, to save you know, a ton of money. And I'm also like, this truck doesn't pay my living. If this truck goes down, it's like, okay, I can't get a project done around home. So I, if I were earning a living doing it, I might be a little more inclined to go to the CP3. Um, but if my CP4 grenade is like, all right, it goes to the shop for until I get the replacement bolt. And it's not a big deal. Um, so, and I have been running some of the uh, fuel additives. I, I don't know how, what this truck did before. So it may have been sitting for a while. Who knows if there's varnish in the lines or anything like that. So I have been running some fuel additives uh, to uh, hopefully also mitigate the CP4 failure. And something I didn't know before owning a diesel truck is that, to my understanding, each state sets their own uh, standards for diesel fuel at the pumps. And for some diesel truck owner, I didn't know that. So I'm, I guess Texas, where I am, has one of the higher standards in the nation. So maybe that's why I don't know anybody here locally with the CP4 failure. I remember, I think it was uh, Kyle from Hotshot Secrets was telling us about that. I didn't know it either. And just how, you know, in their testing of fuel quality in different states, it can vary so much. And that was something I never thought about. You just kind of think, oh, well, it's all the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I heard of number one and number two diesel, like, yeah, there's winter diesel and summer diesel. Summer diesel and winter. Other than that, so it was probably this podcast where I learned that. <laughs> we were chatting a little bit as well before the podcast about detailing. And I know that that's a, another key component, especially when, um, you know, you have a truck, you're, you're enthusiastic about it. We all like to keep them looking as nice as we can or spend a little time on them. When you were going through this truck, you know, what were some, or some things aesthetically or you know, some of those details that you looked at and thought, you know, I, I want to mess a little time into, you know, the paint or, you know, this or, or you know, just di different parts of it. Um, actually, one thing that I will mention, I will, I am not a fan of GM trucks from about 2008 to 2011. They, they're, a lot of automakers were having problems then. GM really seemed to make up for it by cheapening out on the plastics. Uh, so I, that's an era. That's an era of GM trucks that I will stay away from. And about any vehicle. Uh, 
So, and actually on this truck, some of the, like the matte black plastic on the door handles, um, I tried various things to restore those. I brought back matte black plastic on older vehicles, but on these, it, it still stayed oxidized and white and didn't look right. So the detailers, and they did a great job, but it was all the uh, armor all stuff that wore off pretty quick, uh, which I'm not a big fan of. So I have replaced uh, the door handles and some of the other black plastic with uh, painted parts that will hopefully wear a little better. And the truck is white, so uh, the black plastic really stuck out quite a bit. Yeah, that's one of the things I, I've noticed um, as well as just how quickly yeah you know, the the trim pieces can can do that over you know time and and how much how much they spent you know in the sun and it's such a nightmare to try to bring it back or you almost have to you know go and start looking online and find new trim pieces and and that sort of stuff and um i was actually really surprised by uh all the vendors or there were multiple vendors that i could choose from for painted plastic parts just here in texas oh it was like there were three to choose from here in Texas and then two others in the rest of the nation. <laughs> it was, so. uh, as far as, you know, in the future, would you, with kind of the climate of, you know, diesel fuel prices and, um, just massive changes that are out there, would you be open to getting, you know, like a newer one down the road or, um, you know, is this, is this LML, you know, one you plan on keeping for as long as you can, as long as it's, you know, affordable to maintain, or would you be open to, you know, a, a newer truck and, you know, whatever time frame it might be, but just to, to, uh, you know, kind of stick with it for the projects and, and the way that you use the truck. Uh, I will, I do plan on keeping the truck, uh, for quite a while. I do my own maintenance. Um, I've got an area that I can work on it on my own. And if it goes down, it doesn't threaten my livelihood. Um, so I do, and just trading trucks is expensive. So I do plan on keeping it for a while. Um, and part of me, I, I don't drive long distances loaded. And hopefully this truck can enable that for me. With my old tow rig, I did not feel comfortable doing that. Uh, so I may be looking at an EV for a daily driver, but still maintaining this truck because EVs will not be there for towing, at least in the near term. And, um, this truck really is built well to last for another 10 years, probably. That's one of the, uh, one of the topics that, um, covered a little bit and, and one I, I think about a lot as well is, um, I think I don't remember how recent it was, maybe in the last few weeks or month, but somebody had tested a Ford um, F-150 EV yeah. with its towing. And yeah. I think we, we all see that it's not going to tow very well. And so, you know, it, I, I could see how EVs fit into, especially depending where we live, um, you know, something as a daily commuter and yeah. um, just how easy it would be, especially if you have the you know, way to charge it at home or at work or something like that. But, when you need to tow something, it's still nothing's going to beat that uh, that diesel platform for it. Yeah, so. yeah it, it is kind of surprising. Like there's been a lot of um, hot air 
about some of the like EV semi trucks over the years. Yeah. Which sure trains do great, but it hasn't been worked out in the truck platform yet. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that uh, definitely is going to take some more time with with technology, and I guess a lot, like I said, mentioned or depends on the area that we live in. Um, you yeah. know how easy it is to charge something versus um, you know having to go find a charging station or have your home set up for it or, or or something like that. But I know a lot of people, even diesel enthusiasts, even guys who own companies, um, I think they like that EV set up for the performance aspect to it more so than the commuting, you know, just kind of the, the power and what they can do with them and the, the Tesla, uh, you know, plaid and, you know, different things like that are really cool. <laughs> yeah. If you like to go fast, you like to go fast. It's just, yeah. <laughs> and silent. Yeah. And silent. <laughs> so yeah. It, yeah. It, it's interesting living here in Texas because sometimes you have a completely silent EV sitting next to a straight pipe coming. Oh yeah. There's oh. a ton. There's a ton of them here in Denver. I, I can't tell you how many you know, Teslas you know that I see on the road. There's a lot more than I used to, um, and uh, you know, whenever I've looked at them, it's always kind of that performance aspect where I'm like, this four door car can really go that quick, and it's just it's shocking when when you think of it, if it's that quarter mile, eighth mile stuff, just how fast they can go, just stock and just. I, I, I think I'd rather have an EV daily driver than a gasoline daily driver. The carburetors don't make sense to me. And like the fuel injectors on an LS engine, those aren't fuel injectors. <laughs> Well, it was uh, it was really cool to chat with you today, Alex. I appreciate you, you know, being willing to come on, help some of our listeners, you know, if they're looking for a Duramax and things, you know, that they can expect, things to look out for, um, you know, as well, especially with, you know, if you need one and you see one and it, it kind of meets the you know, the budget and the and the setup that you need, just you know, having to jump on it really quick and then doing the maintenance, which which is a, a common theme that we hear is how important that is to protect the investment. So definitely have to keep us updated on the truck, um, you know, on Discord, let us know how it's doing and, and, uh, and you know, just, just how you like it. My, I will post pictures of my latest endeavor. <laughs> I'll post the bill. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today. Okay. Yeah. Likewise. Great talking to you. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kiausa.com. Use code diesel20 to save 20% off of anything on the Kershaw Knife site. It's an awesome discount code, great way to save some money for some gear you may want or need. also want to give a shout-out to some of our Patreons who help us uh, tremendously with um, helping us grow, helping us get better with audio, video, tons of different things. Texas Diesel Supply, Rights Diesel Services, Caleb. Tyler Lowen at 23 Diesel. We appreciate their support. Also, all of our other Patreons, all the members that we have on on Discord. We're at 550 now, and we didn't think we'd get to 550 so quick, but it's been awesome to see all the uh, all the members over there. Those of you who subscribe on YouTube, podcast apps, you guys keep us going with your support, your recommendations, and uh, you know the builds you guys are working on. You guys are working on some amazing things out there, and that's what helps us generate this content and you know be able to bring you the stories and the information that you guys are looking for. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.